Gremlins Ghoul. It's Halloween. At Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. It's literally Halloween. Happy Halloween. The best time of the year. It's Halloween. This is the time we've like, we thrive today. We thrive. Like, this is the best day ever. Enjoy it because tomorrow starts the countdown to Halloween again. So, so just live it up. Get spooky. Be weird. Behave. Watch Hocus Pocus tonight yeah. on Freeform. Oh my god, eat candy corn because it's like, you know it's not actually that good, but for some reason you have to eat it. Okay, well I'll give you, I swear I've said this before, but I have a candy corn concoction for you. Everyone should mix salted peanuts and candy corn together in a bowl and it's unbelievable you actually are you always have that whenever i come for halloween time it's the classic halloween concoction Mm -hmm. sweet and salty um so we're gonna do something spooky because you all have creepy kids or you were creepy kids at one point and you send us and if you don't have kids you're gonna have kids coming to your door tonight saying trick-or-treat just remember, Life-y. they're all kind of messed up. <laughs> Let me inside. Are they really kids? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you don't know. So. Don't look them in the eye. Be careful. They could be BEKs. Yes. <gasps> this would be like the prime day for BEKs to show up at your door. Oh my God. Yeah, because it looks like they're wearing a costume. But Can you use your telegraph? To take your soul. I honestly felt like a BEK the other day. I thought about them because. You felt like one? Yeah, because my phone wasn't working, the, the cellular, whatever. I don't know. I had to get a new phone. And the cell data wasn't working, so I literally couldn't text. I couldn't call. I couldn't do anything. And I was driving a far distance, and I was thinking, like, if I break down, if anything happens, I'm going to have to knock on someone's door, like old school, and be like, may I use your telephone? <laughs> no, you should have asked for a telegraph for sure. Not cause May I use your telegraph? <laughs> I want to use your telegraph. Do you have one? You better. Can I come in? Let me inside. I want to eat you. Yeah, I'm sure no trick-or-treaters are going to be coming to your door if that's the voice you put on inside. Well, you never know. Don't open the door. <laughs> look through that people. Look through that window before you open the door because you never know who's outside. Have fun I tonight. I when I look through the people and then I see someone else looking back. Not that that happens often, but you know, like when people pass by yeah. and you know that they can see your eyeball because it goes both ways. I always that always like scares me. Okay, should we cut to the creepy kids' let's stories? Let's just get really creepy. Guys, this is the best day of the year, so let's just get as spooky and freaky as possible. Sound we good? We have a lot. This is going to be like encounters times seven. Overload of stories. Times 13, because that's a scary number. All right. Okay. Should I start it off? Sure. Okay. This is from Vanessa, and she says, My ghost, Veronica. Hello, beautiful ladies. Congratulations on your one-year anniversary. My name is Vanessa, and I hail from Sydney, Australia. I have not stopped binge your show for the last few weeks. I love listening to you both, and I'm beginning to make a list of all the ghostly places I'll be visiting on my next holiday to the USA. While not all the members of my family are believers of the paranormal, my mom and I have had too many experiences to chalk it off to our imaginations. As there are so many, I thought I should start with the most vivid ghostly experience of my life. My ghost named Veronica. I was always a very quiet child and enjoyed playing by myself rather than with other children. 
At the age of four, I developed an imaginary friend named Veronica. She was this young, pale woman wearing a white dress with long, dark hair, and she was always barefoot. At this time, I don't remember much of our interactions, but I do know that Veronica used to live in the mirrors and that I would play with reflections <gasps> trying to catch her out. Oh, no, 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 no. Nope. That's no, 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 no. That's when you know you shouldn't be playing with that person. Mm -hmm. If they only live in the mirrors, you say, no, thank you. And cover up the mirrors. Also, according to my mom, she remembers that if I ever got doing something that I shouldn't have, I would always say Veronica made me do it. Ooh. Veronica made me. As I grew older, the imaginary friend I once knew disappeared, but I always had this sinking feeling that I was never alone. And there was always some dark mass just in my peripheral vision, but when I would turn to look, there would be no shadows or anything to cast that kind of shape. Once we moved into my current family home in 2005, that was when the entity would begin to start showing herself to my young brother and me. When walking past my bedroom, we would both see her sitting at my desk or on my bed, usually looking out my window or brushing her hair. My brother would think it was me as for most of the part I had grown up to kind of look like her, very long dark hair and we were roughly the same height. He would attempt to communicate with it only to realize he was home alone and the being in my room would disappear. Ooh. This was about the same time my parents had remembered my imaginary friend so I decided to call the ghost in my room Veronica. Now my brother has grown up and has become quite the skeptic and believes that there is a scientific reasoning for everything. However, during one of our heated conversations on the paranormal, he stated that he had never seen a ghost to which I reminded him of his encounters with Veronica. I then watched all the hair on his body stand up on end and he instantly paled. Oh god. Needless to say, I won that argument. As I grew older, I was the only one who could feel Veronica. I would often feel her presence in different situations in my life. At times when I was driving too fast, I would feel and see the brakes of my car press without me touching it. This would be all with would be with all different cars my family had available or even rentals. She was also my gut feeling. I would always get these ominous feelings of people in my life that I would feel didn't come from me, as if she would make it known that she didn't like someone around me, and if I ignored this feeling, it usually did not end so well for me. However, the opposite could also occur, and I would also know when she liked someone even a little too much. Veronica was my protector, and she took her role very seriously. When I was 20 years old, I volunteered as a youth counselor for a re religious dance company that focused on keeping children out of trouble and off the street through hip-hop dance. I was not part of this religious group itself, but they were missing a female touch and allowed me to work with them. At the end of the year, they offered a leader's retreat and we all had to go. I offered to drive the two others from my district up and we set off on a two-hour drive out of the city. We finally got to the small farmhouse we would be staying at and there was such a strong feeling of dread that I felt fear punch me in the gut. The house was a small one-bedroom shack in the middle of a large, isolated property. I didn't want to go inside, but there was no turning back as it was getting dark and I couldn't just pack up and leave without taking the others with me. As I walked inside, the feeling just intensified in the direction of the bedroom. I thought to myself, there is no way I'm staying in there. However, as there was only three girls in the retreat, the pastor determined we would sleep in there and I couldn't really argue with it. The girls I was staying in the room with were sisters, and for this story, I'll call them Anna, 17, and Alice, 20. Now the room had a small double bed, which again the pastor advised that the sisters would be sleeping on and I would sleep on the floor next to them. I really don't know what I had done to this man for him to hate me on, hate on me like this, but again, I agreed. I attempted to get to sleep with my back towards the bed, but every time I closed my eyes, I could see this evil red-eyed woman with black long claws oh and my gosh. pale blue rotting flesh trying to claw her way from under the bed trying to get me. Ooh, no. I could feel her claws just inches away from my back the entire time. After two hours of no sleep, Anna woke up screaming at the top of her lungs. She was so panicked that I sat on the bed and held her as she cried. 
Alice, however, turned over in bed and told Anna to stop being a baby and fell back asleep, not concerned for her sister's night terror at all. I felt so sorry for Anna that Anna, I ended up spending the entire night awake talking to her. But I mean, let's face it, there was no way I was sleeping that night anyway. After a few hours, Anna finally decides to tell me why she woke up screaming. She had seen an evil red-eyed woman at the end of the bed trying to claw her way to her. I was freaking out, but to keep Anna calm, I didn't mention that I saw the same woman. I instead asked Veronica for protection and told the evil spirit in the room that if they wanted Anna, then they would have to go through me. Biggest mistake. Instantly, I felt a heavy presence almost as if someone was sitting on my chest. It became harder to breathe and the room felt darker. The following day, I was in a foul mood. I had an argument with multiple people and I would burst into tears for no reason. What scared me the most is that I could see this giant gray moth flying around in front of me, but every time I tried to fixate on it, it would completely disappear. As this was happening, it was like I could feel Veronica's energy and the evil spirit fighting over ownership of me. I tried to push as much of my energy to Veronica, but as the day passed, I could feel her become weaker and weaker. I left the place, I rushed home, still constantly seeing the giant moth as I drove and basically ran into the arms of my mom. My mom has had her own paranormal experiences and she has a very strong connection to angels. After telling her what happened, she began praying to her angels while she drew the sign of the cross on my back. As soon as she finished her prayer, the moth I saw transformed into a blue butterfly and the evil presence vanished from my body. Since that day, Veronica has felt very weak around me. I don't know if it has anything to do with the spirit that followed me home or my mother's prayer. Veronica came to protect me that day from the invisible evil for as long as she could and I'm grateful for her. I don't know who she was in her life or why she had chosen to be with me. Part of me would like to go to a psychic or medium, but I'm too afraid that something would follow me home again. I hope you liked my story. Thanks for reading this email and stay spooky, Vanessa. Okay, that really freaks me out. The woman with the claws and the red eyes that Mm -hmm. is seen by many. It's like this thing trying to scratch its way into these people's lives. And it's just hiding under the bed, which is the worst horror trope. Yeah, I don't like that. Yep. That's why I store a shit ton of stuff under my bed. So there's no room for anything to hide. My actual bed has, it like sits on the floor. So there's no way to get underneath it. But the bed that I'm on right now in our guest bedroom um, does have an underneath. And Leia just slipped out from underneath the bed. So <laughs> Leia's protecting you. Leia's imitating the woman with the creepy claws and oh my gosh, red eyes. Yeah. Oh there's just so many layers to this story and also it was like veronica i thought was going to be this negative presence Mm -hmm. twist because it seemed to have really scared the other people who've come across her but it almost reminds me of some of liz sour's writing in ghost in the burbs where it's like there are these spirits who do protect you but like are they actually protecting you or is there something that they're taking from you and you don't realize they are until it's too late the part of the story that really kind of not like freaks well it's a little weird but that she grew up to look like veronica yes like what's that about i don't know oh the mystery this is an episode of scary show this could totally be (laughs) it's a scary show we talk about ghosts it's confusing and weird okay what do you Uh, have this one's from jen she said creepy kid or it's called creepy kid story and she wrote are you sure you want these She writes, here's mine. When my son was about three, he's just about to be 12 now, I was looking at pictures from 9-11. When a picture of one of the planes popped up, he went, I was on that plane. I died on that plane. (gasps) Mind you, this wasn't the first time he had seen a picture of a plane. And I hadn't discussed 9-11 with him yet because he was so little. He was three. He was three. Fast forward to this past summer, we were in the car with my best friend and he goes, what the heck? I always look at the clock at 9-11. It's so weird. And I looked at her and was like, oh, my God, I have to tell you this story. 
He heard me. Obviously, we were in the car, LOL, <laughs> and he got super creeped out by it. Oh my it. gosh. He recently had a flashback that he told me about. He said he was sitting in school, and I'm pretty sure this was on this past 9-11, and he said all of a sudden he wasn't in the classroom anymore. He was looking at the back of an airplane seat, <gasps> and then all of a sudden there was a big, loud bang, and he was he was back in the classroom. Whoa. I almost want to get him hypnotized to see if he'll say more, but maybe I'll wait until he's a little <laughs> bit older. LOL. Good luck reading creepy kid stories. Pretty sure they're much creepier than regular creepy stories. Jen. Whoa. I know. I That makes me wonder if anytime you look at the clock and you like constantly see the same number, if that is in any relation to the day or time that you may have passed away in a previous life maybe i used to look at the clock at 9 11 this was like actually a thing for me i would look at 9 11 every single day i'd always catch like 9 11 a.m and 9 11 p.m for like five years but i was alive during 9 11 right. so it wouldn't explain me looking but when i used to tell my mom she was like well it's because 9 11 is significant so when you're looking at the clock you're thinking you're more aware of it yeah if you look at like 5 13 every day you might not think like 5 13 means anything and you might not realize right but for him it sounds very it's not just looking at the clock at a certain time. It's, it, I mean, her son sounds freaked out just learning what he said himself about the plane when he was three. And that flashback he had, like being transported to another place and then snapping back into your real life. That's right. And I wonder what time that flashback happened and if oh, it yeah, correlates with the time of the crashes. The, the, the actual crash, yeah. Oh, so horrible. And it doesn't sound like he's wanting these things to happen. They are just kind of forced upon him. Wow. All right. What do you have for us? I have one similar to what you just read. This is from Elizabeth. She says, hey, ghost gals. I just listened to the Encounters episode where you put the call out for creepy kid stories. Well, I have one that creeps everyone out. I nannied for a family of two young boys, four and seven, when I was in law school. They were really cool, smart kids, and I really enjoyed watching them because I never acted out like most kids that age. One night, while I was tucking the four-year-old in, he started telling me about this guy named Fred Fink. I can't remember what the actual last name was. Oops. He went into really great detail about what Fred looked like, and he kept using the first person. I thought Fred was an imaginary friend until the little boy said, while flipping through pages of a Thomas the Tank Engine book, well, I had red hair and I was really big for my age, so I got to work at the airport in Raleigh. I was only 17 and that's where I died. I was very creeped Ooh. out and said, good night. When his mom came home, I asked her about Fred and she said, oh, he told you about that? Yeah, we think it's his past life. His mom was a professor of anthropology and had written notes on what her son said about Fred and cross-checked the information on the National Security Registry. Her son was right. There was a man named Fred Fink who lived in Raleigh, North Carolina, born in 1960, and his father was a man that her son had named. The little boy knew when Fred was born, when he died, who his father was, and he knew that Fred worked at the Raleigh airport in the 1970s. Keep in mind, at the time, we were in Pittsburgh in 2013, and he was four. When, <laughs> when I left that night, I called my mom and told her about Fred, and she replied, wow, I'm glad you never did that as a kid. I would have thought you were a ghost and would have been afraid of you. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Keep up the spooky works, Elizabeth. Oh, my God. That's like you can't even discredit that. That's right. beyond. They fact-checked all of it. Yeah. And it's it sounds so like they were wild. scared enough that it's not like they did anything about it. They're just like, okay, moving on. Yeah, but it's also like, what can you do about that anyway? It's like, well, yeah. he's not scared about his past life. It's like, this is a matter of fact. Right. And here's my story. <sighs> 
kids. When we have kids, (laughs) are we going to hear stuff like this? Like my parents didn't hear anything from my brother, but me, I was a little chatty about my life before. I didn't talk about a past life, but I was always scared of the closet. My brother was the creepiest kid because the ghost would always bother him. And he'd always wake Mm -hmm. up in the middle of the night to my mom and be like, Mommy, tell the little boy I don't want to play. I want to sleep. Yeah, that's scary. (laughs) I mean, Christian saw things, but the only thing weird about him when he was really little, like he didn't say anything weird, but he, for some reason, had a New Jersey accent, which we're not sure about. Oh, interesting. Might have been a Jersey boy before. Maybe. Being reincarnated into a New Hampshire-born child. (laughs) Who knows? Okay. Here we go. Okay. Spooky stuff kids say. St. Jude Children's Hospital edition. Ooh. Hi, I just found your podcast and I'm a fan. When I heard your request for scary things your kids say, I was instantly reminded of a story I was told as a child that I've never forgotten. I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, home of St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, which you probably already know is one of the top facilities in the world for children with cancer diagnoses and many other rare diseases. For most of my childhood, my uncle worked at St. Jude as a pharmacist. During a few years while he was at St. Jude, he dated a woman who also worked at St. Jude that our family got to know quite well. She attended some of my school activities and ball games with my uncle and joined us for holiday gatherings. I was around six to eight years old at the time. I'm now 39. My uncle's girlfriend's job involved a lot of patient interaction, and she would organize game time, story time, and art activities for these very sick children to give them brief moments of respite from the battle of fighting cancer. That sounds like such a nice, rewarding job. Yeah. She told us that from time to time when she would be working with these children, they would suddenly turn and stare into a corner or area of the room where there would be nothing, no person, nothing particular to look at. She would ask them what they were looking at and they would say, that nice man. Oh. One day when the nice man appeared again, she asked them to describe him. They said the man had dark brown hair and a beard. I can't recall exactly how she said the children described his clothes, but to her it sounded like they were trying to describe Middle Eastern biblical era clothing. Mm. My uncle's girlfriend said that though these encounters spooked her quite a bit, the kids were never scared and in fact seemed to be comforted and more relaxed after his appearances. Wow. Stephanie. Well, I mean, they call him the nice man, not the evil man, so that's always a good sign. And not to get all biblical, but from what the clothing sounds like and a description, like, do you think it could be Jesus? What if it is? I mean, it could be. Or one of his disciples just coming down to watch over these kids. Yeah, some sort of angel being like, let me just check on these kids as they draw. That's sweet. Yeah. That's not a creepy one. That's a nice one. Yeah, this is a nice one, but also a little scary to be in a room and have that many children one after the other being like, the nice man. <laughs> the nice man came to check on me. The nice man came to check on me too. <laughs> but me too, guys. Yeah. Especially in like a place like mm-hmm. that, just like a hospital where there is so much going on and, you know, that sort of uncertainty of life. It probably the energy is probably attracting maybe the nicer guardian type of spirits. Yeah. As hopefully it's like it's interesting because I feel like hospitals you get a mix of like scary ghosts and 
good spirits, but I feel like at St. Jude's, I imagine as horrible and sad as some of the energy is, I feel like children bring such a positivity Yeah, to I was going to say, if, I would think it would be way more filled with love. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. This is from Jess. She says, creepy shit kids say. Hello, ladies. This isn't my story, but my cousin's. A little background. Her house is haunted by a passionate spirit. When her son was younger and she would yell at him, the lights would flicker or go out altogether. The basement is not a place that we would go by ourselves, even though it's where the craft room and the pool table are, because you can just feel the presence down there. A creepy, heavy feeling. Sadly, her father passed away in his sleep in the house a little over seven years ago when her son was very young. I think it was about a year, maybe two later, her son came to her and said, Mommy, the man in Mima's room said you're going to die tomorrow. Oh, what? My cousin, who is sensitive to spirits, was obviously anxious and confused and asked him to repeat himself, to which he said, That man in Mima's room, he said you're going to die tomorrow. Are you dying? My cousin went to her mom's room and there was nobody there. She asked her son who the man was and he didn't know. She asked him if it was Papa, her dad, and he said no and didn't describe anyone that that we knew who had passed. Needless to say, she didn't sleep for a couple of days, but thankfully she is still alive, and as far as I know, her son has never seen anyone else in the house, but to this day I still wonder, what the fuck? Stay spooky, ladies. Jess. Oh my god, yeah, I'd be like, um, what else did he say? Did he say what time? Did he say how? (laughs) Like, Give me more details. Could you imagine your kid saying that some ghost said you're going to die and then you just have to like, you can't do anything. Yeah, you have to comfort your child and be like, no, of course not. Like, that's crazy. But then also you're panicking. You're Cause like, like, what if I do? Yeah. That's horrifying. That's really scary, especially with all like the premonition type stuff that does happen mm-hmm. where things do come true. It's like, how do you know what's just like an evil spirit trying to scare your child or trying to scare you. Right. And what's actually like a warning. Ah. Oh, I'm glad she's okay. Me too. That's horrifying. If my if my future child ever says that to me, we are going into my bunker that I will have. What if something horrible happens though? What if it's like final destination and you can't avoid your death and you die of like a brain aneurysm or what if the bunker catches on fire and instead of you just dying, you trapped your child in there oh, with you too? Oh God. Wait, this is weird because in the past day, I've had conversations about an apocalypse or like natural disasters happening. And I feel like I really, having this many conversations about it makes me like worry that something's going to happen. And I feel like I need to go get a, a bunker. No, just like be prepared and have all the supplies. You should talk to our friend Lee, who has all of the supplies for every disaster. But that's not me. And she's far enough away that it would it would take a while to get to her. So I need to have my own. Good thing you're a marathon runner, Sabrina. <laughs> many, many years ago. Run quick from that tsunami. Okay. Okay. This is called I Was Killed in a House Fire. What's up, ladies? I love your stuff. Let's rock and roll. Oh, she seems awesome. I know. I already like her. <laughs> I've had a lot of spooky stories and my family is very spiritual, albeit unspoken. My nan, mum, and I are frequently visited by a dragonfly, which we Ooh. all believe to be my great-grandmother. I love this because they say that like there's such a strong maternal line, like the uh-huh. lineage of people who are more sensitive. It often comes through the like female side. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And my nan frequently gives me her old rosemary beads as good luck. What's more, I'm clairaudient. So basically I can hear ghosts, which sounds a lot scarier than it is. As they mostly just call my name and bug me. Leia's like, me too. Leia's like, I hear so many ghosts and you don't even know. <laughs> 
I also once saw a shadow figure mowing my lawn. What? So I guess they're not all that bad. <laughs> oh my god, wait, shadow people have to do chores? What if they get in trouble and like have to like, it's like, all right, now you have to go mow the lawn. Yeah, you were never to speak. You used your voice. As punishment, you now have to go to this woman Jess's lawn and mow it. <laughs> However, none of these relate to my big story, which took place when I was a kid. When I was very little, my mom and I would often drive past this old burnt down Victorian house in the middle of a field off of the motorway. Every time we did, I would say, oh, that's where I used to live with my old mummy. Oh. Freaky shit on its own, but it gets worse. LOL. Oh no. At the same time, I used to have terrible night terrors. My mom told me that after I would speak about a tall, bald, pale man chasing me into fire in my old house. And she did quote my old house. Oh gosh. But we still lived in the house that I was born in at the time. I had these more or less every night for a year. Again, spooky as fuck, but it gets even worse. Oh my God. (laughs) My mom has always had this theory that birthmarks are related to how you died in your previous life. Mm -hmm. If you didn't have one, you died either of old age or an illness. I do have a birthmark, however, on my back, right where my heart would be, about the size of a fist or perhaps a piece of burning debris. (gasps) So, based on all of the spooky stuff that happened when I was a child, my mom and I have a theory. In my previous life, I was killed in a fire that burned down that house, which was caused by a man I saw in my night terrors. It may be a bit of a stretch, but who knows? I haven't been able to find anything about the fire, seeing as it was so old, so it isn't confirmed or anything. I think the man I saw in my dream was my father in my old life who perhaps didn't live with us, which is why I had specified living with my old mummy, not my old mummy and daddy. Perhaps my previous mother kicked him out and he burned the house down (gasps) in revenge. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah. And in said fire, a piece of debris fell and impaled me through the heart, killing me. Just a theory, though. Anyway. (laughs) I don't have the night terrors anymore, although history may be repeating itself as my parents got divorced a few years ago. And my father is a tall, bald, and pale man. So hopefully I don't die in a fire. But if I do, it was probably my dad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I love your stuff. Keep doing what you do. You fabulous babes. See you on the other side, Jess. Wow. I wonder if there's anywhere she can find records, like at an old library or anywhere. Just like I know, because she said she did try to look, but it was so long ago. And I wonder. <sighs> she was so young too, and so certain. Yeah, she was like, that's where I used to live with my old mummy. Oh my gosh, that's so weird. And I feel like that's not that far off the story that she's pieced together and how she thinks what happened. Right, and it does make me think, like again back to traveling souls like her dad looks like the person in her dream yeah it's the description but a lot of older men are bald (laughs) a man so but it makes me wonder if there's some sort of like overlap like maybe they are traveling souls and she's getting confused between her past life and current life yeah so interesting how it kind of bleeds in okay i have a story from sarah and this is called my nephew and the scary man next door nope (laughs) Hi, ladies. I thought I'd write in about a hella spooky story involving my nephew. My best friend, her husband, and their son, who we just referred to as my nephew since we're so close, used to live in an older apartment in our small town. They lived on the top floor with their unit on the far end of a long hallway with seven other units. There were a lot of younger people on the floor, so it was always full of activity. However, I'd always noticed that one unit next door to theirs was always silent. I spent a lot of time over there 
over the years and never saw anyone coming in or out. One night, I had volunteered to watch my nephew so my friend and her man could have a date night. My nephew was three at the time, and at that very vocal stage, my fave because it made for endless entertainment. We'd been sitting and watching Paw Patrol when I felt his entire body go stiff beside me. Mm. I turned to see that he was staring, not blinking, at the front door. I asked him what was wrong, and he didn't answer for a few seconds. Concerned, I asked again. He casually shrugged. The scary man. The scary man is out there. Nope. I asked him who the scary man was, trying my best to hide my utter fear because I believe in ghosts and have no time for that. But he was already back to happily watching TV like nothing had happened. I brought up the scary man comment to my friend when she returned home, and she said he'd been talking about him for a few weeks. But she assumed he was referring to a grumpy old man that they normally saw at the park near their apartment. After that night, the scary man became a regular in conversation when I was around. I started to notice that my nephew only brought it up when we were in the apartment unit or standing in the hall outside. One afternoon, when we were coming back from a walk, he stopped right outside their front door, turned to face the apartment next to to theirs. The unit that I mentioned seemed empty, and he pointed to the door and screamed, He wants out! Don't let the scary man out! Oh, God, no! Yep, terrifying. After that, I tried pretty desperately to have him tell me more about this man, but he acted like he had no idea what I was talking about. I made it a point to bring the whole thing up to my friend again, and even she, the biggest skeptic ever, was pretty uncomfortable with everything. Whether it be a ghost or a dangerous human living next door, this was getting really odd. The next day, I got a call from her. She sounded terrified. She said she had gone to speak to the building manager asking about the unit next to their place. She demanded to know who lived there because he was frightening their child. The manager, very confused, told my friend that no one had lived in that unit for over six years. Apparently, right before my friend and her husband moved in, there had been a serious fire self-contained to that unit because of concrete walls that had killed the old man who lived there. The fire had been extremely severe, and when they found the man's body, it was awful. Understandably, despite renovations, they hadn't been able to lease the unit since. My friend and her fam have since moved, and while she says it was because they wanted their own backyard, I know that vacant apartment next door was a big reason. Scary man comments continued until my nephew turned four, and if if you ask him about it now, he has absolutely zero recollection of any sort of man. I wish I could forget as well as he could. Anyways, hope you enjoyed. I can't believe I haven't written about this one before. Probably just trying to block it out. Ha. Just a quick note to say that you guys are crushing it at the podcast game. Keep it up. See you on the other side. Sarah. Oh, thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Um, I can only imagine that he is seeing this man try to like leave and fight for his life this like charge yeah and he probably looks scary yeah and he's just the little boy's watching him like relive the final awful scary moments of his life and run for the door which is confusing if you don't know the backstory i also wonder if certain deaths cause you to be stuck in a place like you know like a fire would that trap you there as a spirit and so he's trying to get out he looks terrifying and so yeah. her nephew is like that scary man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, death seems confusing. So I wonder if some spirits are just so confused that they don't move on because they're in denial. Or again, we've talked about it before of just these experiences sort of staining a place and the spirit isn't really there anymore. But right. like, it's kind of like a draw to the past. It's just, right, just replaying. Residual energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Ooh. I'm glad that no one lives in that apartment because I bet even if you're having experiences in the apartments next to it, I wonder how bad it is Mm -hmm. inside. Oh, God. Yeah, I can only imagine. It's so sad. I feel bad for that man. I know. What a horrible way to go. Yeah. All right. This one's called My Daughter Freaks Me Out. (laughs) 
Always a good good sign. Hi, ladies. My name is Bethany, and I'm from Wisconsin. My husband got me into listening to your podcast, and I love it. (laughs) I guess you could say I am very religious and was taught that there isn't any such thing as ghosts. So you could say I'm a tad skeptical since I never myself have experienced anything. Anyway, on to my sweet but creepy daughter. (laughs) I think that she may be more open because she's witnessed a few things that I would like to pretend is just her wild imagination. We will call her Grace. I had moved back with my parents after I divorced my first husband. Grace and I slept in the same room until my twin sisters got married and moved out shortly after I had moved back in. So Grace was three years old at the time and would still take afternoon naps. She started complaining that she couldn't take a nap because there was a little girl on the wall just looking at her and smiling. no. I brushed it off the first few days until she kept saying it day after day until finally I told her I would wipe it away. So I took a rag and I wiped away the wall and she said that the girl was finally gone. Mind you, she would show me the same spot every single time, which started to freak me out. Now, I probably should also point out that my parents' house is built where Native Americans used to live and hunt. Fast forward to when I remarried and my husband and I bought our first home. From the beginning, Grace has felt uneasy about our over 170-odd-year-old home. She has said that she saw a man in her closet before, hearing someone walk down the hallway from her bedroom, hearing her brother's bedroom door open and close when my husband and I are downstairs, among a few other things. Where we live now is next door to an old funeral home and was an area where Native Americans lived. I myself have always felt uneasy in our master bedroom especially in the closet, but not sure if it's just my wild imagination. Okay, ladies, keep up the good work and keep it going. You guys are seriously my celeb. I'd rather meet you than any other famous person. (laughs) No. See you on the other side, Bethany. Wow. I mean, Bethany, that, that girl staring at her is so creepy. And the smile. The smile. That's so off-putting. Having seen a man walk into the closet, hearing noises, like... It's all too specific for a little kid to be saying it and it not be true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. Yikes. Oh, God. Yeah. Pretty freaky. Yeah. There's definitely something going on there. Okay. I have one last story. And this includes some audio. Oh, what? This is from Melissa. She says, hi, ghostesses. I'm a relatively new listener and I've gotten my daughter into your show as well. We like listening to the encounter episodes together and her experiences are what I'm sharing with you. Maddie is nine years old now, but has had many experiences in her life. The first one that I can recall was when she was an infant and I could hear her babbling and someone talking from in her room. I didn't have one of the fancy monitors that are out now and after that occurrence, I didn't use a baby monitor again until my son was born nearly four years later. After that first occurrence, nearly every photo that was taken of her included an orb that would cover most of her body. She would talk and laugh towards where no one was standing. When she was about five, she told me that the people in the basement kept waking her up at night. I told her to say her prayers and they would go away. She promptly responded with, they can't hear me because I don't have ears. Okay. I have her on video making the statement and it creeps me out every time it pops up on my Facebook timeline. The basement has always had a heavy feeling and I too had experienced the experience of being watched over while I was down there. Needless to say, I try to avoid the basement like a plague. As a side, I should mention that whenever my husband moved into that house, the basement was in-home daycare complete with furnishings from an old church and creepy drawings on the wall. After we moved out of the creepy house, I thought that her experiences would cease. However, she continues to have them not only at my house, but at her father's house as well. 
At my house, she avoids a guest bedroom and insists the door remain closed. My mother also insists that there is a presence in our new home and feels that it may follow my daughter. The presence at my home does not feel malevolent, and I'd like to think it's my grandfather watching over her as he passed away three weeks after she was born. However, like I stated before, she does have experiences at her father's house as well. He had many experiences as a child, especially around the time his sibling was dying from cancer, which I feel like opened him up to the spiritual realm. Maddie's experiences at her father's house seem to involve a small child, and she isn't the only one within that household to witness the occurrences. As for the spirits at my home and her father, she believes the child spirit may not be a child at all or may be a child in peril. It appears to be in a praying position, as if begging to be free. Her stepsister had a Victorian dollhouse that was built by her uncle who has since passed away, and she feels that the uncle may be attached to the dollhouse and the child may be a spirit on the property. She has experiences frequently but seems to take them in stride. We have a history of people being sensitive in our family, and I believe that has passed on to her. Thanks again for taking time to read our story. You girls rock. Keep up with the amazing show. See you on the other side, Melissa and Maddie. And there's a video. She's on a video of Maddie talking about the spirits, and I wanted to play it. Okay, okay. I'm nervous. Okay, so I'm going to have to take the headphones out to play it. It's a minute long. Okay. What's that, Madeline? What'd you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I walking towards you in the middle of the night. Well, there's no one here. There's no shadows walking towards you in the middle of the night. I know they're watching. I know uh, they're walking towards me every night. You just tell them to go away, then, okay? They will never go away. They can't. Even, they don't even have ears. If, if I used to have a shadow that was a tornado. Isn't that wild? Yeah, just openly talking about it. Like, yeah, I have shadows. This reminds me, honestly, of my brother and I when we were kids because she's saying exactly what my parents used to say. Like, there's nothing following you. And we'd be like, okay, yeah, there is. Let me tell you about it. It, like, wasn't discouraging to us at all. We were just like, oh, no, let me explain. And that's exactly what her kid is doing. I love that she's like, sometimes I get hungry in the middle of the night, but I am too scared to go to the kitchen because... People are watching me from under the stairs. Oh, from underground. That's scary. And like they have no ears. And she said that one of the shadows is like a tornado in the house. Yeah, it makes me think that it's just like this misty figure that's like going, moving quickly, mm-hmm. darting from room to room. And it makes sense if there are no ears because sh- shadow people look like, basically look like someone in like a, what are those like morph suits? Thing? Right, that's true. So there's no, yeah, distinctive features or anything. Kids whoa this is why it's it's so fascinating to me because as a parent you must be terrified but you have to act calm for your kids Mm -hmm. and the worst is as as a kid when you tell you can tell your parents are also scared that's when it's like (gasps) something is wrong when you're like holy crap yeah (laughs) because when your parents are scared too because yeah 
when parents show emotion as a kid you're like wait something's wrong like this isn't normal you shouldn't be showing these emotions oh my gosh it makes it 10 times yeah. scarier whatever is happening if your parents start to panic it's like okay i'm just gonna die <laughs> that's what i think what's gonna happen it's happening now i'm dying now right here this is the spot right now yeah Ooh. oh my wow. gosh well i'll leave you on one more okay this also uh has a daycare in it called kids being creepy great it's sent to us by t hello ladies listening to your podcast keeps bringing up other experiences that i had completely forgotten that i had had this experience happened at a daycare that i used to work at the daycare was in a relatively new building 80s 90s and i worked there for a year without incident before all of this happened one day during lunch a little girl looked at me with a worried face and asked what's down there i not aware that anything creepy is going on just say down where and the little girl replied, down there. I don't like it down there. As she gestured to the entrance of the left side of the stage, I, while secretly trying to not crap my <laughs> pants, said, nothing is down there. Just eat your lunch and left it at that. If only that was the end of it. It's not. Another day, right before lunch, a small boy I worked with suddenly clung to me in a hug and wouldn't let go and kept saying, scared, scared. Oh I did God. my best to comfort him, and he pointed to the ceiling and said that there was a man up there. <gasps> I was very thankful when my coworker relieved me, as I was seriously freaked out, as this boy had never done anything like that before, and being scared was very out of character oh, for him. Oh, poor kid. Moving on a few weeks, we all decided to use walkie-talkies while a few of us were outside with the kids and others stayed inside. And at first, it seemed like a great idea. That is, until one day, at nap time, three of us were in the room with the kids, with the lights off, and suddenly the walkie-talkie crackles to life, and we all heard a girl's voice say, Hello? Hello? Oh. Me and my coworkers laughed, cried in terror, and just tried to brush it off. To be fair, that could be easily explained away, but it was still really scary. Finally, my last experience occurred on my last day of work. I was the only one in the room with the kids at nap time while my coworker was in the bathroom. And the door was open as always and I wasn't paying much attention due to trying to get a small child to go to sleep when out of the corner of my eye, it looked like someone walked into the room. Then a shadow passes through the light. And when I said, hello, no one was oh. there. After all that, I found out from a coworker that the center was haunted because someone had completed suicide in the gym. So needless to say, I wasn't really that upset about leaving. Keep up the work, ladies. T. Wow. That's sad. Truthfully, my first thought when I heard like the walkie-talkie part when the girl's voice comes through and says, hello, hello. Oh, wait, that's not cool. That's scary. That's a scary sound to make. Stop it. Thank you. Um, when I heard the walkie-talkie part with the girl saying, hello, hello, it made me think, you know, in horror movies or movies about murders and serial killers, you always, mm -hmm. there's like that part where the reason they get saved is because they like find a walkie talkie, they find a phone and call to someone, anyone they can and say like, help, help. Yeah. What if someone was in trouble and just like got into their radio frequency? It was like. The walkie talkie picked it up. Yeah. I always wonder that. And like, at what point, if you ever heard something like, at one point, do you, are you like, is this someone asking for help or is this just like a random fluke or Paranormal just a ghost? Or something. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, it could have just, I understand that she's like, oh, it could easily be explained away because especially back then, like growing up, like kids, the like 
monitors in your room and stuff would pick up yeah. other frequencies. Like we would overhear, my brother and I would like huddle around the child monitor thing. That's so creepy. And yeah, listen to neighbors' conversation. Oh my god! <laughs> Try to figure out which house it was picking up, who was talking. That's so funny. So it could have been that, but also the fact that it was like a little kid's voice. I mean, well, it's a, yeah, I don't know. It's so scary. So scary. Guys, your kids are freaky. You're freaky. Everybody's freaky. When we have kids one day, Corinne, we'll have to continue this podcast and have them just tell their stories. Oh my God. Last night when I was sleeping, there was this woman and, and she had really long hair and she was hovering over me and she kept staring at me. Okay. All right. We're moving. <laughs> You're not staying in that room anymore. But she follows me everywhere we go. When we go grocery shopping, Mom, she she likes to sit in the passenger seat next to you. Sometimes she whispers in your ear, but I don't think you hear her. <laughs> oh, my God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, take me to church. I'll literally feed my children holy water for dinner. <laughs> like, oh, you want a glass of milk? Sorry, bud. It's holy water tonight. Oh, my gosh. You want to take a bath? Holy water. Holy water We're bath. We're doing it in holy water. Cleanse your spirit. Literally. Wow. Guys. No thanks, guys. It's Halloween. I hope everyone's having a fun night. Yes. Be sure to check your candy before you feed it to the children. Yep. You don't know what's in there. Be careful. Hopefully no one Stay gives on out the those sidewalk. mini salads. Have you seen those? Salads. Dole is like, there was a photo of Dole with, it's like mini salads, the perfect Halloween treat. Don't you dare give that out on Halloween. Okay. Way to ruin Halloween, Dole. Yeah. But yeah, send us photos of your Halloween costumes what you guys ended up doing. We're so excited. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're listening to this on November 1st, because you were so busy on Halloween, the countdown starts now, 365 days until Halloween next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can think about your costume. 364 if it's November 1st. But yeah, yeah, start thinking about your next costume. Okay. You can follow us on social media. We have Twitter, we have Instagram, and we have... Something else that I'm forgetting. Facebook. Facebook. And um, send us your ghost stories. Send us stories of your creepy kids. Send us anything that happens on Halloween. Anything spooky. Don't do a Ouija board. But if you do, tell us about it. Send us your emails at twogirlsonegoespodcast at gmail.com. And um, we have Patreon. If you want to support us, if you want to help us grow. Starting 2019, we're going to be doing uh, Encounters episodes every week, which is a lot more content mm-hmm. for us and for you guys, which means it's more work for us. So help us. Help us. It's all free for you, so help us. Help you. Leia just looked at me and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> What's that noise? See you, See you on, on the, the other, other side. side. Very smooth.